What's up, everybody? It's Dan Binder Boneyard coming at you from the shop. Uh, trying another round of video podcasts. Um, the last uh, last week, I had some technical difficulties, and the videos had to come out in two pieces, and they were not edited. Um, so we are trying this again. Thank you for listening. If you are on the podcast platforms, and thank you for watching. If you are uh, seeing this on YouTube, um, appreciate everybody. And for the people watching on YouTube, you might not know, but I have hundreds of podcasts uh, from years ago. I've been doing podcasts for almost four years, or actually over five years now. I've uh, been doing podcasts. So uh, if you're new to, to the uh, podcast here on YouTube, Go ahead and hit your favorite podcast platform, um, whether it be Spotify, SoundCloud, uh, Apple, uh, I, iTunes, whatever. Um, there's a whole catalog of podcasts um, there that you can uh, fill your day with. Um, so that being said, uh, thank you all the Patreon supporters, all the people that donate, uh, everybody that uh, subscribes to the Instagram channel, uh, Instagram page, all that stuff. Uh, every little bit helps. Uh, very appreciated. Um, again, it costs money to make these. Uh, I have a guy that uh, does some of the editing on the on the audio side and does the legwork of getting them out to the public. So I do actually have to pay to put these out. Um, I know that sounds terrible. Uh, and I should figure it out myself, but, um, you know, I'm already busy enough and, you know, uh, it's just one more thing to add to the plate. Um, so, uh, that being that I'm in the shop, it might sound a little bit different. Uh, if you're listening, uh, you may hear some heaters kick on or something. Uh, if you're watching online, uh, you can see behind me that, uh, it is snowy, cold, um, when I came in to the shop this morning, it was one degree and snowing and it's been snowing all morning. Um, so yeah, it is cold and miserable outside. So, um, yeah, but, uh, being that I'm doing uh, video versions of these now, um, you know, the shop is a lot better to look at than the, uh, my dirty office. So anyway, um, I got an email from a listener who had a question about um, restoration work. Um, so if you are starting a project, this person pulled a truck out of a field and wanted to know where to start. And, you know, there's a lot of sides to that question. Um, you know, uh, first thing, very first thing that you need to, uh, ask yourself, um, is do you have the ability? Do you have the tooling? Do you have the space? Do you have the patience? Do you have the 
money. That's a very big one that a lot of guys think, oh, I'm doing it myself. I'm going to save a ton of money. Uh, yes and no. Um, you know, you're still paying a machine shop. You're still paying a painter a lot of times if you want to do it right. You are still paying for stuff. Um, you know, even if you're just paying for parts and you do every single piece yourself, um, you know, you're still several, several thousand dollars into it. And, uh, and you definitely don't want to be that guy on the internet that's like, Hey, can anybody send me a whatever for free? Or I'd really love some help with one of these. Like I see it on Facebook pages all the time. Guys are trying to restore a scout or something. And they're like, I don't have any money. Does anybody want to send me an armrest? Who want, who has an extra window crank that they just want to give away? And it never fails. You see a year later, either the project's not done or it's for sale. It's completed and it's for sale. And they want 30 grand, 50 grand, no low ballers. I know what I got. Uh, and so, you know, that's a common, a common thing right now. So, uh, you know, you got to ask yourself, do you have the space? Do you have the capabilities? Do you have the money? And I know there's that, you know, I'm willing to learn. I'm tech, I'm mechanical, so I can figure it out. Well, it's a steep learning curve, uh, just so you know. But um, the thing I recommend before you start this project is make sure that the rig that you are saving is worth it. Uh, I know that sounds weird, but, um, you know, two-wheel drive, Long bed, one ton pickups are not the most desirable. They ride the worst. They, you know, they just, they have some quirks, whatever. Like probably don't want to start with that truck. Even if it was free, I, it's still probably not the best thing to start with. But if you've got, you know, half ton short bed, great a scout of any make or model uh or of any model or style great um so yeah first of all make sure it's worth it second of all um i suggest you buy two books you buy the shop manual uh either used on ebay or a new reprint from binder books and you buy the mt book uh the mt is the parts manual. And the great thing about the MT book is even though you can't buy a lot of those parts anymore, or they, you know, you can't go buy them by that part number, is that the exploded diagrams show you how things go together. Because the service manual, and I don't mean the owner's manual, the little book that goes in the glove box, but I mean the legit, you know, $100 service manual is that service manual is written for mechanics and mechanically minded people and guys that kind of already know what's going on. Um, if you are new, sometimes the service manual overlooks details that you might not know, like, you know, just orientation and things like that. 
Whereas if you look in the MT book, especially in the interior stuff, the cabs and body sections, there are exploded diagrams of things that really, really help you when it comes to figuring things out uh, when you're putting it together or taking it apart. So I really su suggest the shop manual, service manual, and the MT book. Uh, and that's those are both available from binder books, or a lot of times you can find them used on eBay or places like that. So I really recommend those two resources. Uh, and then if you're starting from field find to start the project, do not, and I repeat, do not run out and buy wheels and tires. Every high school kid that I've ever seen or ever known, myself included, and that's why I can say this, you run out and buy wheels and tires, there goes, you know, $1,500 of your budget. Um, and what does it do? It doesn't do anything. It, yeah, all right, you got rollers. Well, it's not going to be rolling around. If you're doing a restoration, you're separating the body. You're pulling the suspension off of the chassis. You are taking it down to the frame. So rollers are the last thing that you need. Uh, if anything, if you're trying to convince yourself you need stuff to move around, get you some wheel dollies from Harbor Freight. That, so that way you can move the thing around your garage or your driveway and you know, it can be on flat tires. It can be on wheels alone. It can move around easier. Um, you know, I'm assuming that you're doing this in a, at least a two car garage, uh, if not a one car garage with a concrete pad in front of it or something like that. If you're trying to do a, a frame off restoration on a gravel driveway outside, you are in for an uphill battle. Um, I'm not saying it's impossible. I mean, I, my first three quarters of my career, uh, was working on these things on a gravel driveway with a, you know, front end loader tractor doing all of the, the engine pulling and lifting and that kind of stuff. So I'm not saying it's not possible. I'm just saying it's a lot harder and a lot more work. Um, and it's a lot more effort to keep things clean and working how they should. So that being said, I'm going to skew this description towards concrete floor, concrete pad, something like that. So um, I would say instead of buying wheels and tires, get yourself some wheel dollies so that you can move the thing around. Um, but yes, things I consider must have, you got to have a cherry picker, like really, really need to have a cherry picker. And then it's a good idea to have an engine stand um, and a, a heavy duty one. International engines are real heavy. Uh, if you're going to do this and not use an international engine, you know, you might be able to get away with a cheaper Harbor Freight medium duty one, but uh, I would say no. Um, you know, you're going to need that cherry picker. I, I've seen guys pull cabs with cherry pickers, lift beds off. Like you can do a lot with a cherry picker with creative rigging. Um, so keep that in mind. The cherry picker is a, is a good tool to have. Um, the other, you know, uh, 
The other thing to think about is, you know, good floor jack. Definitely like six to eight jack stands for various things you're doing. Um, you know, all those are, are really helpful in getting a good quality product. Um, but when you start this project, I recommend taking it down in pieces. Like when you roll it into your garage, don't just start tearing apart the interior. Like take the bed off of it first. That's a, you know, you get that out of there, get it out of your way. You know, if you're working in the garage and you can store the bed someplace, get it out you know, outside, you know, get it into your side yard, whatever, wherever you can store it. Then that allows you to get into the rear end. You got rear suspension. You know, you can see everything. Start taking it apart from there. Get the rear end out, springs out, that stuff out. Stash that stuff off to the side in your garage, whatever. And then you move to the front end, um, you know, pull the motor. Motor and trans can usually come out in one shot, uh, especially if you take the grill off. Take, of course, take the hood off, take the grill off. You take it out in one shot, take the transmission out uh, with it. Normally, transfer case comes out the bottom. If uh, it's a pickup or travel all, scouts, you have to take the transfer case off before you can take it out the front, uh, before you can take the drivetrain out the front. Get the front axle out, get that stuff situated, uh, and then start taking sheet metal apart, get it out in pieces. Um, you know, I say that because if you are doing a rebuild, you know, rebuilding the engine, rebuilding all these parts, which you should be in a restoration, if you're taking it to an engine shop, taking it to a machine shop, taking it to a transmission shop, there is a turnaround time that can be long sometimes depending on parts. So rather than start taking the body apart, start doing the interior, and then take your engine in and find out it's going to be two months before you get it back, start there. Uh, you know, brake parts are getting harder to find, uh, some depending on the models. So sometimes there's back orders and whatnot. So I recommend doing the mechanicals first because of transmission shop, engine shop, machine shop, back orders, whatever. That way you can get that out, get it to the builder, get it to whoever's going to do the work so that that's out of your hair and being done while you are working on the next phases, um, which are, you know, getting the cab apart, interior apart. Um, if you're building the axles yourself, you know, you can do that. But, uh, you know, get the frame, get the cab separated from the frame, uh, clean the frame up. You know, that should be going out for powder coat uh, or bare minimum. You should be cleaning it, um, having it sandblasted or something and then painting it. Uh, I mean, you could wire wheel it and degrease it uh, if you're staying, you know, low budget. Uh, your results may vary depending on your prep. And that's all how all this stuff is, you know, the quality of work comes down to prep and, and how much effort you put into it. So if you want to wire wheel it and, you know, 
re-weld some of the things. Like if you're doing an 80 or 800, you need to gusset the body mounts, um, the stuff that notoriously fails, um, you know, pickups and travel alls. If you've got to grind off any old trailer hitch mounts and things like that, now's the time to do it. Um, so speaking of tools, if you're trying to do this yourself as much as you can, good angle grinder, um, you know, a good high dollar. I mean, we use DeWalt's here. I've got three or four, you know, of the hundred dollar DeWalt's with the paddle triggers. Um, you know, you can change between whatever flap wheels or wire cups or whatever. So, uh, a grinder got to have, um, an air compressor is important. Um, if you can, you know, to run some air tools, blow things off, that's super helpful as well. So, um, you don't have to have all that stuff, but it sure goes a long ways in, uh, in, you know, the quality of your work and the speed at which you get it done. Uh, I mean, if you've got a five-year window, then you can afford to do stuff by hand. If you have an old lady that's screaming at you to get the garage cleaned out so that she can park her car back in there, you're going to want some tooling to get through work faster. Um, so that being said, you know, you're cleaning the frame, either paint it or powder coat it while that's out, you know, you, you take care of get suspension ready bushings in the new springs, or you're, you know, reusing the springs that are cleaned, um, axles go through them, wire wheel them, you know, if the gears are good, a lot of times, you know, you don't need to do much with them. Um, Again, if you don't know how to set up gears or that needs work, you want to re-gear it from 410s to 354s, those are going to have to go out to a shop if you don't have the skills. Uh, so, you know, keep that in mind, um, the turnaround time on that sort of stuff. So along with just having the stuff to do it, scheduling is important. Lining up the calendar, making sure you get your gear guy to build them, to, you know, to coincide with the frame coming back from the powder coater, you know, having your springs ready, having the steering box built, having cross members done, all that stuff uh, you can have lined up. So when the chassis comes back and the axles come back, you can bolt everything in, making sure you've got the right hardware, you know, all that stuff you can take care of, um, you know, before, before the stuff comes back. So that when it does come back, bam, you know, axles go in, all that stuff goes on. And then, you know, if you're having a body shop do the, the paint and body on it, you know, you can take them those pieces loose. Uh, some shops don't like that. Um, that's how we do everything here is everything goes out loose because most body shops don't know how to put these things back together. Um, you know, they don't have the books like hopefully you do. So the best thing to do is, you know, take it to them in pieces, totally stripped. Uh, and then hopefully, you know, you've got your chassis back. It's a, it's on its axles now. Maybe you've run some plumbing, um, because you can do all that before the body comes back. Then you get the body back. You can drop it on the frame, whether it be with your cherry picker or some body shops are cool. And you take your rolling chassis to their shop. And then they'll help you put the body on or you, you know, they charge you to put the body onto the chassis. Then you take the whole menagerie back to your house, roll it in your garage, and then you can start assembling, or I'm sorry, not assembling, but you can start installing the drivetrain, 
that hopefully is back and painted from the machine shop. Get that in. Uh, normally, we start wiring them before um, we put too many body panels on because it's hard. You don't want to fight the doors while you're trying to you know, get in and out of the interior. You know, you can lay the front, the engine harness and the front harness on, you know, just rolled up out the front there. You don't have to have it uh, right away. And then, you know, once you've got a lot of the plumbing done, a lot of the stuff uh, ready to go, then you can start putting front sheet metal on. You can start, you know, do the doors. You can do, you know, that stuff. Um towards the end and then, you know, interior, hopefully you had the seat reupholstered, you know, that kind of thing and just, um, assemble from there, you know, all this, like I said, it depends on your budget, how much of work you're doing yourself, um, you know, and, and parts availability and, and things like that. Cause if you're farming a lot of the job out, then, you really need to get on the calendar with your builders, you know, having the gauges re rehabbed, having all that stuff done. You need to really lay out, um, you know, and then again, if you have a long time frame and you're having all this stuff done, it's not as important. You know, you send the gauges out when you can afford it, have them rehabbed, sent back, you know, send the steering box out, have it rehabbed, you know, whatever. Um, some of this, goes out the window if you're doing aftermarket custom stuff you know if you're not building axles you're buying complete axles from like from us if we built you a set of scout axles or you know curry or somebody um then you know that speeds up your time frame some because you're not having to do any of that um you ordered new springs they usually come with bushings in them uh depending on where you buy them from that saves you some time um if you're doing a repower, you're putting an LS in it or a diesel or something else, you might, you know, you you will have done the fabrication part of this, you know, early on, of course, before it went to powder coat, um, you know, you're going to be doing, and that's the other thing. If you're doing custom stuff like that, you want to kind of build the truck or scout first uh, in the raw form, the dirty form, so that if you've got to cut and grind or do anything, you do it all build it then you take it all back apart and then it goes in for you know the coatings and the paint and whatnot so um you know there's different steps if you are doing aftermarket stuff or modifying it like that but if you're doing a stock build then you can kind of figure hey like it's going to go back together the way it came apart uh some notes to think about these things are old i mean the last scout was 40 two years ago so or 44 years ago um what you're working on might not be stock this something might have got swapped in something may have been changed something may have you know been modified and you don't know it and so that's why having the mt book and the service manual is important so that you know you don't rebuild your truck with the wrong parts because they were in there already um, you know, and I get calls like that all the time. I had a guy swear up and down. He had an international corporate rear end, you know, an RA 10, RA 11, RA 15, whatever. When in actuality, it was a Chrysler eight and three quarter, but he didn't know 
He didn't know. He thought that's just what it was. So, you know, it took forever to figure out his brake problem because turns out not international, not something that I had experienced. I don't know a lot of, you know, a lot about the Chrysler axles. So it's whatever. So keep that in mind when you're starting with an old farm truck that there's a chance it could have been modified or monkeyed with or broken and re-welded. And so think about that stuff. Um, you know, pay attention, look at things over, give it a good inspection before you even start tearing it down. Um, you know, just to uh, think about that. So, you know, and again, your time frame. If you got a ton of sheet metal work to do, if you got a really rusty scout and the motor's going to take three months, that's the perfect time to do body work yourself, you know, all that welding and whatnot. Uh, again, it's just scheduling and, and the flow, you know, and then like it goes back to the other thing is being honest with yourself. Am I going to work on this every day? Am I going to chop out a weekend a month? How am I going to do this? Am I going to have the space? Do I, is it safe here? Are my kids going to fill the fuel tank with, you know, nuts and bolts when I'm not looking like that sort of stuff. You, you have to be real with yourself and ask yourself, um, you know, if you want a restored truck, but you don't have the time, you know, get ready to cut that check for 60 grand or whatever. So, you know, again, be real with yourself and, uh, you know, go from there. But hopefully that made some sense. I don't know. I was just rambling. Uh, if you're new here, I don't write anything down. I just do these from my mind, my memory. Um, so I'm sure I missed some stuff. I'm sure I overlooked some things. Um, but that's just me rambling for half an hour. Um, and that seems to be the best way to process how my mind processes things. So if you're new, uh, that's how it is. And so, yeah, but, uh, I appreciate uh, everything. Uh, oh yeah. Shout out to my dad. Uh, my old man watches everything I put on YouTube. So, uh, thanks dad. Appreciate it. Um, but anyway, all the Patreon donors, thank you. Uh, everybody else. Thank you. Uh, if you're new here, thank you for liking, subscribing. Um, please do that. Tell your friends, um, you know, share this around if it was helpful for you. Um, but anyways, uh, again, thank you. Appreciate everybody. Uh, and until next time I'm Dan from Binder Boneyard. <laughs>